Thanks for tuning in to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Jason Hale, the Nolensville Campus Pastor here at our Rolling Hills Community Church, Nolensville Campus. We are so glad that you've joined us today as we begin our Advent series. Pastor Jeff will be teaching from Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 25, reminding us of the hope found only in Christ that we have in this Christmas season. Now, here's Jeff. This Christmas, just like each one before, we celebrate. But not because of the gifts, not because of the songs. We celebrate because love came down to give hope for the future. Love came down to grant peace to anxious minds. Love came down to teach us how to love one another. Love came down to show us where to find true joy. Love came down with Jesus. Love came down for you. Well, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. I'm so glad you're here today. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you got enough to eat. Have a wonderful time together with family, friends, individually. I hope and pray that it was a blessed time for you. And welcome to everybody here in Franklin, Nolensville, Nashville, at all of our campuses. And also, if you're watching online, so glad you're joining in today, because I believe God has a word for us today. As we start this new series, this Advent series, this Christmas series, we celebrate Today we're talking about hope. And I want you to think about how many times you've used the word hope lately, right? You know, I hope this turkey turns out. I hope I don't burn my house down frying this turkey outside, right? Uh, I hope my family gets along. I, I hope this is on sale. We, we use the word hope a lot, right? I hope the vaccine comes soon, right? I'm a, I hope. I hope my kids go back to school. I hope. There's a lot of things that we say, I hope. We put our faith and our hope in a lot of different things. If you're a true sports fan, then you know, even if it's fourth and 10, right, there's only six seconds on the clock, but you got the ball, there's always hope, right? And so you're staying to the bitter end, like, yeah, there's hope, man, there's a Hail Mary, there's something that could happen. And I love Christmas because Christmas shows us that hope is fulfilled. So we're gonna talk about hope today, and next week we'll talk about peace, and then the following week we're gonna talk about love, and then we'll talk about joy, and then on Christmas Eve, we're gonna celebrate. Jesus, we're just going to celebrate. I can't wait for Christmas Eve because the gift has come. The gift has come. Now, how many of you guys have put up your Christmas tree? Let me see, you put up your Christmas tree yet? Oh, wow, okay, okay. Anybody before Thanksgiving? A few, all right. No, okay, okay, good, good. We waited and we did it. Sometimes we do it before, but we waited and put the Christmas tree up yesterday. And so now the Christmas tree is up. And I remember being a kid, and maybe you do too. When the Christmas tree went up, that was kind of like Christmas is beginning, right? The Christmas tree is up. And then what I loved about being a kid was then presents would start to show up right under the Christmas tree. And you remember kind of walking by the tree and you're like, there's a present there, you know? And you're kind of thinking, is my name on it? You know? <laughs> and you didn't want to be obvious, you know? And then you waited until everybody's out of the room and you went over and you looked at the tag. And you're like, yeah. I mean, there, there's a gift there, right? And you, you just were waiting and you were seeing this gift pile up and you're like, oh, this anticipation, this expectancy, it's this waiting. That's the feeling right now. As we look forward to Christ and the celebration of his birth, as we look forward to coming back, this anticipation, the hope fulfilled. And I want you to think about that feeling for an entire nation. I want you to think about that for the entire 
world because that's what we're seeing at Christmas. And today, as we dive into God's word, you're going to see this hope being fulfilled and lives being changed. And I pray it would start in our hearts and our lives today that hope has come and our lives will never be the same. Praise God. Hey, if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the Gospel of Luke. Luke, Luke chapter one. So New Testament, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels right there at the beginning of the New Testament. So if you have a Bible, you can kind of go to the middle, go to the right a little bit, and you'll be there. Uh, Luke chapter one. If you're watching online, hey, grab a mobile device, or you can go to YouVersion, or grab a Bible that's with you. If you're in one of our campuses, there's Bibles in the back of the room, grab one of those. But I want you to see this today. We are going to be in Luke uh, 1 over the next several weeks, and then on Luke 2 on Christmas Eve. But Luke 1 just really sets the stage. Everything that happens here. And, and if you know, right, Luke is coming out and he gives the birth narrative. The birth narrative of Jesus is only recorded in Luke and in Matthew. Mark goes fast forwards, kind of his earthly ministry of Jesus. You know, John goes all the way back to the very beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God, goes back to creation. But it's Luke and Matthew that give us the birth narrative and tell us what happens. So here, Luke chapter 1, pick up here verse 1. We're just going to be in verse 1 through 25 this morning. But he says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an ordinary account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. All right, I want you to see a few things here, right? So Luke is picking up, and he's going back, and he's saying, all the Old Testament has been looking forward to this moment. Now, you know, the end of the Old Testament is Malachi, right? And Malachi ends, and there's 400 years of silence, this intertestamental period. 400 years of silence. But it really wasn't silence. You know, God was at work. God was preparing the world for the coming of his son, the Messiah. And so you have the Greeks there, if you know history, right? Alexander the Great conquers the world. And then he cries because there's no more places to conquer. And so they Hellenize the world. So there's a common language. The Romans come in and they conquer the Greeks and build roads. And they connect the world. God's at work. God's at work, right? 400 years of people waiting and going, you promised the Messiah, where is he? And God's going, hold on. I'm bringing that fulfillment. You just wait. And so Luke picks up here and goes, the promise is being fulfilled. The hope is coming to fruition. Luke is the only Gentile writer that we have in the New Testament, okay? Everybody else is Jewish. But Luke was born a little bit after Jesus. Luke was born in Antioch, gives his life to Christ. He becomes so passionate about Jesus, he actually goes on mission trips with the Apostle Paul. Luke was a doctor. He's brilliant. He's very intelligent. And so when you read the Gospel of Luke, all of his details are very precise. He uses this classical Greek. And so when you read it, you're like, whoa, it's amazing. Like you go back and read in the original language. But a lot of people throughout history, a lot of biblical scholars, but then a lot of people who've been atheists or agnostic have come to Luke and they realize, wait a minute, this guy knows exactly what he's talking about. And people have given their hearts and their lives just by reading the Gospel of Luke. Because he's so precise in everything that happens. And he says, I'm taking this orderly account. I want you to know. So I've talked with Peter, James, John, all the disciples there. I've talked to Mary. I've talked to all these people. I'm laying it out, what God has been doing. And he says, I'm writing to you, most excellent Theophilus. 
Now, we don't know exactly who Theophilus is, okay? But probably a Roman official who gave his life to Christ, who said, Luke, I want to pay you to go around and I want you to put it down so that people will know. Theophilus, though, this is pretty cool too. Theophilus, if you kind of break it down, means this. Theo, right, God, lover of God. So Luke is writing to all those who love God. Here's an orderly account of what happened as God fulfilled the hope. Here it is, and I want you to know. So he starts here. He says, in the time of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. So Zechariah is a priest. Now, you may remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about when the children of Israel came into the promised land. They put all the tribes, they all had different parts of the land. But the Levites, the priestly tribe, were spread throughout the land. And it's estimated there were about 20,000 priests at the time when Jesus was born. So they're all throughout the land. Why? So they can teach God's word. They can have church, synagogue, right? They can point people to the Lord and keep people serving God. So Zechariah and Elizabeth were born of that priestly tribe. Zechariah means this. His name means this. The Lord keeps his promise. Isn't that cool? The Lord keeps his promise. Elizabeth, Elisheva, if you go back to the Hebrew, means this. The Lord remembers his oath. The Lord keeps his promise. The Lord remembers his oath. So God coming to this couple right here. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But, look at that but. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Now, there's a lot of people today, right, who choose they don't have children, that's that's fine. But back then, man, if you were a priest, you wanted a child. The first commandment was, right, be fruitful and multiply is what the Jews believed the first commandment. And so for them, they just felt this weight. We don't have a child. But yet they stayed true to God and they served God. Well, once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Now, guys, this would have been a big deal back in this day. 20,000 priests all throughout the land. But every now and then your division was chosen to come to Jerusalem and go to the temple. I mean, that was a big deal, right? And so you were there at the temple, and if you got chosen to go in to the holy place and offer the incense, that was big. Because you think about the temple courts. You had the court of the Gentiles, people on the outside, you know, you kind of looking in. You had the court of the women, then the court of the men, then the holy place where only the priests could go, then the holy of holies, where only on one day a year, Yom Kippur, you know, the high priest would offer a sacrifice for the atonement of all God's people. And so you have this time, and man, Zachariah's name is chosen. He's like, yes, man, this is awesome. Now, I don't believe in coincidences, right? I believe in God incidences. And God was doing something. God was going to have a message for him. So he says, Zachariah, it's your time. You get to go in and offer the incense. Elizabeth's there. All their extended family's there. Everybody's around. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. So you can imagine this scene, everybody's there, right? And it's Zachariah's time, and he's going in by himself into the holy place to offer the incense, and everybody's outside, and they're waiting for him to come back because the priest would go in, they would offer the incense, they would come back and give this priestly blessing, you know, probably from numbers, right? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. So Zachariah goes in. 
Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Now, I mean, imagine this, right? I mean, Zacharias going in and then there's an angel. And he's like scared to death. See, here's the thing about angels. A lot of times we, you know, especially this time of year, we see pictures of angels. They're always plump, you know, baby looking with a little halo and wings. I mean, nobody's going to be scared of that, okay? But angels in the Bible are warriors. They're like literally God's warriors. They're warriors of light. I'm going to be scared of that, okay? So, so Zechariah goes in. There's an angel. And praise God, the angel says, do not be afraid. I love that that's the first thing angels say because you're always scared. But I love what he says next. He says, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Do you know that God knows your name? God knows your name. God knows you so intimately. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. You know today, your prayer has been heard. Whatever you brought with you in here today, whatever you're dealing with online, listen, your prayer has been heard. There's a God who hears, there's a God who cares. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. That's like the vow of the Nazarites, like he's set apart for God. There's something special about your son. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. When Zechariah heard this, he's like, what? Because that's the fulfillment. Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, ends with this. The very last paragraph says this. Then one who will come in the, in the line of Elijah to turn the parents back to their children, the children back to their parents. That ends the Old Testament. So here we see the fulfillment. There will be a forerunner before the Messiah, and the forerunner will be your son, John. John the Baptist. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. So immediately, Zechariah thinks about his circumstances. Immediately he thinks, there's no possible way. There's no hope for me. I'm old. And I love this response. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Like, dude, really? I mean, you're talking to an angel. I mean, like, what in the world? I mean, here I am standing here talking to you. And I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. He's like, Zachariah, you're not going to be able to say anything until the baby's born. And so everybody knows, you're not going around stealing the glory, going, hey, look, I got pregnant, Mary Elizabeth's here. You know, no, no, no. God's going to get the glory. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. And they realized that they had, he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. So Zechariah comes out, and they're ready for this blessing, and he can't talk. And they realize, man, this guy's been with the Lord. Something happened. Well, when the time of service was completed, he returned home. 
And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Man, what an incredible promise being fulfilled right now. This older couple trusting God, being faithful, and God's like, I'm gonna bless the entire nation and the entire world because Christmas is coming and love is coming down to you and to me. Hey, if you're taking notes today, I would love for you to write some things down because I think there's some incredible principles for us today. So if you're at one of our campuses, there's a worship guide around, grab a pen. If you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app. I'd love for you to fill in some blanks. It just helps you remember. It helps you just kind of cement it in your mind. But I want you to see some things today. What we can learn from Zachariah and Elizabeth about hope today. Here's some things. Number one is this. Stay faithful to God. Guys, stay faithful to God. Both of them, and I love that, both of them, it wasn't just like, hey, one's the spiritual leader. Both of them were passionate about God, were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Hey, Zachariah and Elizabeth served God faithfully even in the waiting. Even in the waiting. You know, sometimes we can pray, we go, well, well, God, you know, you just haven't come through. I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna wait. I'm just, I'm just gonna wait, you know? I'll kind of be on the periphery, but, but God, when you do these things in my life, then I'll kind of jump in and get involved. And, and I love that Zachariah and Elizabeth didn't. They're like at church. They're serving. They're involved. They're invested. Great job for being here today. Great job for tuning in today because God wants us to be faithful to him. And even in the waiting, we know, we know, and we know that God's going to bring to fruition the hope he's placed in our hearts. And Zachariah and Elizabeth served God faithfully. Hey, they didn't quit or get mad at God. They waited in hope. They didn't quit or get mad at God. Some people have quit, right? Some people are like, I prayed about this. It didn't happen. I'm going to leave. I'm done. I'm walking out, right? And God's going, Really? There was a miracle about to happen, okay? There was a big thing that happened. I was moving things in the world. I was moving things in your life, getting things ready, and just quit. Never quit on God because God will never quit on you. God will never quit on you. He is always there for you. And Zachariah and Elizabeth, they didn't walk away. They didn't get mad. They stayed true to God. Hey, they didn't let their problem take away their praise. They didn't let their problem take away their praise. And guys, sometimes we come to church, we think, man, everybody's got it all together. No, everybody's fighting a battle. Everybody's got something going on in their life. But the amazing part is we come together to praise God, to put our faith and our trust in Him and in Him alone. You know, we just had this incredible Thanksgiving time, right? The Bible says, enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. And you know what being thankful does? Being thankful makes everything we have enough. <laughs> Being thankful just shows us, man, what I have is enough. God has blessed me, and I want to be thankful. I want to praise. And Zachariah and Elizabeth, they praise God, even in their hurt and their pain. I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship. Wow. Hey, God always answers our prayers. I want to tell you, God always answers our prayers. Hey, when Zachariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, right, Zechariah. Your prayer has been 
heard. Zechariah and Elizabeth have been praying a long time, guys. Long time. But your prayer has been heard. God hears every prayer we pray. Sometimes we pray and we think, my prayer's just hitting the ceiling. God doesn't hear. No, God hears. God hears. God hears and God cares. Never forget that. God hears every prayer we pray. And God answers every prayer we pray. If you think back over your life, you think back over all the prayers you prayed and the times that, that God comes through and then you're on to the next thing, right? I, I remember being like middle school, high school, praying about a test, like, God, just get me through this. God, get me through this. Somehow I got through it, right? I made a deal with God that I eat all my broccoli and didn't do that. But, you know, I like, I got through the test, right? I got through this. Or God, get me through this relationship. Or God, get me through this. And, and God always comes through in these different ways. But God answers every prayer we pray. Now, here's the thing. God answers every prayer we pray in one of three ways. One, he answers yes. We love that answer. I mean, we, we love it. Like, when, you know, we pray about a job, and then we get a job. We're like, yes, you know, God came through. Or we, we're struggling, you know, and financially, and then somebody blesses us. We're like, yes, I mean, we love that. Or when we're, you know, dating, things work out. It's like, great. Sometimes God answers no. We don't like that answer much. But I want you to think about this. God is our Heavenly Father. And God knows what's best for us. We don't know what's best for us many times. You know, as a father, you have to make some hard decisions sometimes. Uh, if your kids come up to you and they go, Mom, Dad, listen. I'm tired of eating what you give me. I've discovered this new thing. It's called chocolate. And it's awesome. And listen, we need to have it every meal, right? It's like the best thing ever. And as a parent, you go... I know it's good. I mean, really, I do. But no, we can't eat this every meal. It's not good for you. Like, why? It's awesome. No, 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 no. You'll be as big as this building, right? No, it's not healthy for you. Sometimes God says no. And aren't you thankful sometimes that God says no as you look back over your life? Aren't there prayers that you prayed that you go, wow, if that would have happened, my whole trajectory of my life would be on a different path. Thank you, God. Sometimes God answers wait. Sometimes God answers wait. Maybe you're in that waiting stage. Hey, be active in the waiting stage. Don't walk away from God. Don't just sit back. You engage. You be used for the glory of God because God is at work. God's moving parts and pieces around you and around your life, and God's preparing you for something great. You hold on to him. God calls us to trust him. God calls us to trust him. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Zechariah's immediate thought was, no way. No way. Look at my circumstances. Look at what's happening around me. No way. He took his eyes off God. God can handle our questions, but he calls us to trust him. God's okay with your questions. He can handle those. But at some point, at some point, you got to realize He's God and you're not, right? I mean, at some point you realize there is a call to faith, to trust, right? Bring your questions. Bring the things you struggle with. Bring them to God. Bring them to God because God will answer. God will speak through other people. God will speak through books. God will speak through sermons. God will speak to you. But at some point, you've got to trust. Is God with me? Is God for me? God is sovereign over all. 
Never forget that. He is God. He sees the bigger picture. He sees more than we do. It's like in a helicopter, right? You can see everything that's going on. And when you're driving a car, you get this little perspective. But you think about the God of the universe who's looking at the big picture of your life, who's not bound by time, who's not constrained by anything. He is over it all, and he wants the best for you. Trust him. Hold on to him. Will you trust him today? You know, at some point, right, it became personal for Zachariah and Elizabeth. At some point, it becomes personal for you. Just because they were born into this priestly tribe, at some point, they had to put their faith there. Like, I'm going to believe. Things aren't going the way I thought they were, but I'm going to believe. I'm going to trust. I'm going to serve. I'm going to follow. And in your life, there comes a point where you move from it just being your parents' faith or your country's faith or your church's faith to your faith. God, I trust you. All of my life, I'm going to trust you. Hey, grow in your hope in God. Guys, grow, mature. This is part of spiritual maturity. This is how you mature in your faith. Here's what it says in Hebrews 11. This is called the Faith Hall of Fame right here. Hebrews 11 gives us all these people who trusted God, even their problems, even their struggles, even in their worries. And it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. You know, you look at the Bible. These are people just held on. God's gonna come through. God's gonna bless. God's gonna work. We put our hope in a lot of different things. I want you to think about where you put your hope. Is it in a person? Is it in a relationship? Is it in a job? Is it in money? Is it in the things of this world? I, I put my hope right now in this chair. I hope this chair will hold me. Right? I, mean, I put my hope in a lot of different things. Here's what the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. He said to Timothy, hey, command those who are rich in this present world. Now, guys, this is us. I mean, just by virtue of where we live, right, and the things that we have. But command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. We should never be arrogant. We should always be humble and kind and generous, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, right? I mean, the stock market goes up, it comes down, right? There's times when you have a lot, there's times when you struggle. Don't put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Enjoy the things that God's given you. You are blessed, but use it to further God's kingdom. Don't put your hope solely in money or wealth or success. Put your hope in God. And if you think about it, where is your hope? Where is your hope? Where is your hope today? Where is your hope today? If everything in your life was taken away, if all the money, all the success, right, all of a sudden you lost your job, all of a sudden everything went bad for you, I mean, if everything was taken away, is God enough for you? Is God enough? You're like, I may not have any of this, but, but I've got God. And I trust Him. And God's going to provide. And God's enough, enough. Place your hope firmly in God. Oh, man. Place your hope firmly in in him. I love what it says in Hebrews chapter 6. It says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. You know what an anchor does? 
right? When, when a ship is out being battered by the wind and the waves and it's about to go over, you drop anchor. You drop anchor and it holds that boat in place in the middle of the storm. And our hope in God is the anchor for our soul. God, you've got me. God, you've got this. Things around me may change. People may come, people may go, but God, you are with me and you will never leave me. And I wanna grow in my hope. I wanna mature. I wanna become the man or the woman you created me to be. I wanna be steadfast in the hope that I have in Christ. Look at this last one. Share hope with others. Guys, we live in a world that needs hope desperately. Let us hold unswervingly, don't drift away, to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. (laughs) Hey, when everyone else is negative, we should point others to Jesus. You know, we live in a world that needs hope. We live in a world that needs help. And we ought to be the people who are the most vocal. Like, hey, man, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about the hope I have in Christ. Let me tell you about what God's doing in my life. We know God will always come through. This is the thing about Christmas, right? It's the celebration of the gift of the Messiah, of Jesus coming for us. But it's also the looking forward that this life is not all that there is. That my hope is an eternal hope. That I will spend eternity with God because he will always come through. Hey, we must never lose hope. Don't ever lose hope. Isaiah 40, 31 says, even youth grow tired and weary. And maybe you're tired. Maybe you had a busy Thanksgiving, right? You're already amping up. You're putting up trees and lights and you got a party. You got all this stuff that you got to do. Even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who put their hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Man, when you have a hope in the Lord, it just gets you out of bed. You're like, okay, what can I do today for the glory of God? Who can I bless today? Who can I encourage today? How can I have a, a greater marriage? Or how can I pray for my kids? Or how can I bless my roommates? Or how can God use me today? The hope is in me. And it's not in the things of this world. It's not in the stuff that will pass away. My hope is in the Lord. And I want to share him. Man, I'm never losing hope. Jesus is the one who gives us hope eternal. Jesus gives us hope eternal. I love that. The other day I, I heard a, a guy that was watching the news and he said, you know what? Hey, America, don't worry. Hope and help is on its way. The vaccine is coming. And I'm like, great, man. I am ready. I'm excited. The vaccine is coming. It's going to be great. But I started to think, listen, my hope and my help is not in the vaccine. As great as that's going to be, and I'm excited and I'm thankful because, man, all the things that have happened around. But, but listen, my hope and my help is in the Lord. Because there'll be something else after that. There'll be something else after that. But my hope and my help is in the Lord. And I'm going to trust him. Uh, one of my favorite people in the Bible is a guy named David. And, and King David, he, he went through some struggles, man. He went through some challenges. But he always loved God. He just always loved God. And later on in his life, his, you know, he's committed adultery. He's messed up. He's totally blown it. His son rebels against him. I mean, it's just been tough. But he's still the king, and he's still wealthy. He's still having influence over people, and he's still holding on to God. And at the end of his life, he's still called a man after God's heart. And I think it goes back to Psalm 71. He writes this, As for me, I will always have hope. Can you say that today? As for me, I will always 
have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long, though I know not how to relate to them all. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. Since my youth, God, you've taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I'm old and gray, even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Isn't that awesome? Even when I'm old and gray, God, I'm gonna be talking about you. I'm gonna be talking about the hope that I have in you, the way you've answered prayers, the way that you've come through, the way you've blessed. Guys, where's your hope today? If your hope's in people, they're gonna let you down. At different times in life, people will let you down. If your hope is in money, it's gonna be here, it's gonna, it's gonna go, it's just gonna be fluid. If your hope is in, hey, I get this job or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or I, I have this, then, then, then everything is gonna be perfect in life. Listen, today, 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 would you make Jesus the one who is your hope? Would you hold on to him and know that his hope is eternal? The best of your life is still to come. The hope that you have in Christ will never fail. And live with that hope because Christ is here. It's Christmas. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. All across our campuses, online, wherever you are, would you just bow your head for a moment? And right now, would you hear God say to you, do not be afraid. And then your name. Do not be afraid and your name. That God is with you right here in this moment. That it's not a coincidence you're here, it's a God instance. God brought you right here, right now to hear from him. Don't be afraid. I've got you and I've got this situation. I'm with you, I'm for you. Maybe today is a day of salvation. You kind of look at your life and you go, man, I need help, I need hope. I've put my hope in a lot of things and there's things in this world that have let me down. But today, Jesus, would you be the hope of my life? I confess my sins, forgive me my sins, redeem me, restore me, make me new. Maybe today you go, man, I'm tired. Even youth grow tired of weary. And young men stumble and fall, but those who put their hope in the Lord, today would you just put your hope in the Lord? God, you're enough. God, fill me with joy. Fill me with hope. Fill me with peace. Fill me with purpose today, God. God, use me to make a difference for your glory and those around me. Maybe today, right where you are, you just go, God, come in. God, Take away the fear. Take away the worry. God, be the rock of my life. Let my hope be in you. But as for me, I will always have hope. So, Father, here we are, your disciples today. And just like Zachariah and Elizabeth, God, they held on to you. And, God, you came through not only in their life, but in the life of a nation, in the life of the world, in our lives. God, bringing your hope, your peace, your purpose. So, Father, we need you. Meet us in this moment, Father, and change us forever. 
God, we love you and we dedicate our lives to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.